Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Sowing the seeds of cannabis and sounding the praise of our favorite plant, it's time to Hemp Present. Our radio resident Hempo Sapien, Vivian McPeak, will present a weekly platform for guests and listeners to Hemp Present about hemp and cannabis from the legal, activist, and reformist route. Let's round up and roll it up for our headmaster of hemp, Vivian McPeak. Welcome to the Hemp Present Resistance, the weekly radio podcast where you can get your PhD in THC because you don't just want to burn it, you want to learn it. Seeking to defeat the alternative facts of prohibition one interview at a time and advocating for the plant, the whole plant, and nothing but the plant. Join me for a weekly reefer radio rebellion against prohibition as I speak with some of the principal risk takers, movers and shakers, and history makers of the cannabis industry, culture, and reform movement. I'm your host, Vivian McPeak. I am the executive director of the world's largest annual cannabis policy reform event, the Seattle Hemp Fest, in its 26th year, founded hempfest.org. I'm also the author of the book, Protestable, a 20-year retrospective of Seattle Hemp Fest from AHA Publishing, also found at hempfest.org. Today's guest on Hemp Present is author Bruce Barcott. The number of federal offenders sentenced for violating marijuana laws has fallen significantly since 2012, according to data provided by the United States Sentencing Commission. Just over 3,000 federal defendants were sentenced for marijuana violations in 2016, according to the commission. That total is roughly half of the number of federal defendants that were sentenced in 2012. The total has fallen year after year since that time. In 2015, over 5,600 federal defendants were sentenced for violating marijuana laws, a total equal to some 25% of all federal drug sentences. At the same time, we read that patients who are registered to use medical cannabis decreased their opioid use, according to data compiled by researchers of the University of New Mexico. Investigators looked at the use of prescription opioids over an 18-month stretch among patients who were enrolled in the state's medical cannabis program and compared use to similar patients who were not. They found that subjects with access to medical cannabis reduced their opioid use by 31%, while those not in the program actually had a slight increase in opioid use over the same time period. 
These findings are consistent with those of other studies reporting that cannabis patients can easily access, that easily access cannabis reduce their use of prescription medications. So in areas where cannabis is legal, there are less overdoses of opioid drugs. But our Attorney General Jeff Sessions is connecting cannabis offenses to the opioid epidemic in his speeches. While the data tells us that less people in prison for pot and more cannabis available in communities actually results in less opioid use and deaths. Leave it to this administration to be bucking all conventional wisdom, including the tradition of relying on data, facts, and proven success models. At a time when America has finally been moving in a direction of smart harm reduction in the areas of drug policy with sentencing and prison reform, we might be facing an abrupt criminal justice 180. It's unclear if decades of advancement will hold strong or if we will be dealt some Judge Judy justice from the upper levels of government. Speaking with reporters after a speech in Virginia session said days ago that much of the 2013 Cole memo, which provided the template for the adult use cannabis industry as it exists today, is valid. But he also suggested that some additional federal guidelines may be coming from the U.S. Department of Justice. Perhaps my guest today has some predictions on what we can expect. Leafly is described online as the world's most trusted and popular cannabis information resource and as the largest cannabis website in the world with over 10 million monthly visitors and 40 million page views in its Wikipedia entry. The website assists patients in negotiating the sea of strains and not only identify which strain might address their condition, but where to find that strain in a retail location. Bruce Barcott is Leafly's deputy director as well as an environmental journalist and author. He's a contributing editor to Outside and has written articles for the New York Times Magazine, National Geographic, Mother Jones, and others. He has written a number of books, including Weed the People, the Future of Legal Marijuana in America. In 2009, Bruce Barcott was named a Guggenheim Fellow in nonfiction. And he's taken time out to join me today. Welcome, Bruce, to Cannabis Radio. <laughs> Thank you, Vivian. Great to be here, man. You partnered with Time Books on your book, Weed the People, to do both uh, a non-traditional hardcover, uh, or excuse me, both the traditional hardcover and mm -hmm. a paperback edition, but you also did a thicker bookazine version. What was your goal when you started the project? Why write a book about weed? Because I was living right in the middle of it. Um, I started this book back in uh, really November of 2012 when we were all uh, voting on initiatives, and not all of us, but those of us in Washington State and Colorado were voting on initiatives for uh, for adult use legalization. And at the time, you know, I got to be honest, I was I was very much on the fence. I live in uh, the Brown. Seattle, and uh, I wasn't sure how I was going to vote on it. Uh, a friend of mine worked for the ACLU of Washington at the time, and of course they were a big force behind legalization here. And she basically said, look, and, you know, at the time cannabis was not my thing, and she says, you know what, nobody really cares what you think about marijuana, whether you're for it or against it. She said, this is a, this is a civil rights issue. This is a social justice issue. There, there are generations of people, mostly people of color, in prison today for something that should not be legal, that's for something that is safer than alcohol. So I held my nose, you know, sort of held my nose and voted yes. And, and as a writer, I, I was amazed that we passed it and I wanted to find out what would happen, whether we would be sort of embarrassed by this five or 10 years hence, or whether we would be sort of proud pioneers in, in, in doing something special to change history. And that's kind of how, uh, how the book came about. I, realized at the time, it's like, you know, I actually could be a good person to write this book because th back then I really had no dog in the hunt. Like I didn't care if legalization failed or succeeded. Uh, by the time I got done with the book, 
I did care quite a bit. I thought that, and I do think that legalization is absolutely uh, the way to go. It's got to happen. It's got to continue to expand across the U.S. and uh, around the world because essentially the facts, the science, and the experience are on its side. So, hence the book, Weed the People. Well, it's a really fun book to read. You know, for me, of course, it was it was uh, especially interesting because it's kind of my backyard, and I know so oh, many of the people yeah. in in the book. You had already been introduced to cannabis by the time you made it to college, but you had somewhat grown beyond it, and it kind of left your life. Then you came back to pot almost as a research subject. In essence, there are two worlds operating simultaneously in society. There's the straight world, and there's the cannabis world. Do you think that the non-cannabis people would be surprised to learn how much cannabis world the real Really is operating out here? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I see it every time, or I, I, I guess I deal with it every time I talk with people, especially other editors from mainstream publications back in New York and Washington, D.C., and they're sort of, their minds are blown by the, the fact that we can just wander into, you know, a cannabis store, uh, anyone who's 21 or over here, and purchase from a wide variety of products. And, and, and in fact, there um, I had I ran into this with my own book, uh, which was published by you know Time Inc. And so your editor goes over your book, and of course, then they have the legal department take a look at your book, and and the legal department didn't quite know what to make of it. They <laughs> asked me, "Are are are you sure? Have you checked with all the people you're quoting in your book?" to make sure they're okay with being quoted in your book and essentially are not going to turn around and sue us. I'm like, yeah, you know, you ought to, you ought to come back to the West coast sometime and see how it's, how it's working. Um, people are, you know, not only operating in this industry legally out here, they're open about it and they're, they're actually quite proud of it. Um, and I think that that worldview is slowly spreading and taking root despite what we hear from Jeff Sessions and others. Um, I know you're, you know, you're in your intro, you talked about the opioid issue and that was, that's changing, I think really quickly. And I, I take a lot of heart in that because, you know, last year that was an issue that was really hammered by folks who were against legalization in Vermont. Um, and they used it ultimately to, to defeat it in Vermont. Um, and then it was, it was tried again in Massachusetts. That was a big issue back there. Um, but the voters really looked at what was actually going on and passed it in Massachusetts. Now Sessions and others are, are trying to bang the same drum. But I think that, you know, the study that you quoted and, and as more research comes out showing that this is a, an actual help, a way to, uh, you know, to, to, to deal with our opioid crisis in a positive way, that message is actually getting through. We know pro prohibition has really been a war of messaging in a way. It's it's been mm -hmm. a, a media war in a large sense, um, and uh, using a lot of legitimate fears and kind of exaggerating and blowing them all out of out of reality. You wear several hats. One is a father. H has your pot identity been normalized in your family life, or is it compartmentalized? How have you managed your cannabis profile on a family <laughs> level? I, I, I hate to. I hate to get so deep no, on you so quick. No, absolutely. Absolutely. That's one of the first questions I get often um, from people, as you say, from the, you know, from the straight world who basically have, have no, uh, don't, 
touch the plant in any way in their lives. And they want to know, how do you talk with your kids about this? How do you deal with this with your kids? And I said, that was, you know, that was one of the most sort of surprisingly delightful parts of writing the book was that it forced me to have those conversations with my kids early, much earlier than other parents um, have to have them with their kids. And, and I had to be just straight up honest with them. I said, I said, look, this is what I'm writing about. Um, I'm writing about it because it's, it's, you know, it's this amazing change in history. And I'm also trying to write about it. I'm trying to figure out what is actually the right thing to do here, what the science says, um, how to handle this in social situations and how to do it or how to, handle it legally, you know, and, 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 um, by the end of the book, I basically was having conversations about with them that were sort of much like the conversations you'd have with your kids about sex or about alcohol or about driving and talking with them about the reasons we have age restrictions on various activities and various substances. I was talking with them about, you know, what, um, you know, the usual the conversations you hear more and more now about the developing brain, why it's a good reason, you know, to, uh, to wait. Um, but that, you know, also this, this is not a substance that is as dangerous as people have been led to believe in the past. Um, and that's really what it's, what it's come down to is just having a series of rolling short conversations, throw in a few jokes be as, you know, as honest as you, as you can be in your own comfort level. But it's been a, a real blessing in terms of um, uh, communication, not just around cannabis, but it opens up, like I say, other conversations about subjects that might not be that comfortable for most and, people. And, and, it, and if, I'm not, if I'm not wrong, it's really about demystifying something for your kids so that they, they can come at it with you know, being acclimated a little bit. My, uh, yeah. my, my guest is Bruce Barcott, he is the author of Weed the People, the Future of Legal Marijuana, among other books. We're going to take a quick pause for the cause because there's flaws and laws and hear a word from our sponsors and advertisers come right back our second segment. Time to roll out for the people that let us hemp present. Hang loose. We're coming right back. The smoke is rising and the next crop of podcasts devoted to cannabis providers and enthusiasts are ready to be harvested. Welcome to the Cannabis Radio Network, founded by respected rainmakers who have been producing award-winning podcasts for over a decade. Industry headlines, business updates, medical reports, marketing, and e-commerce education rolled up perfectly for your consumption. Let's grow together. The Cannabis Radio Network. CannabisRadio.com. Ignite the conversation on some trending topics along the Cannabis Radio social media network. Join our crew of thousands on our Cannabis Radio page on Facebook or at Canna Radio, C-A-N-N-A Radio on Twitter. Plus, look for our Facebook and Google Plus pages for all of our original programs and connect with Dr. Dina, Kyle Cushman, Dr. Mitch Earlywine, Nurse Heather, Doc Rob, the host of Gondrepreneur, and more. Connect with the growing Cannabis Radio social crusade at Canna Radio on Twitter or search for Cannabis Radio on Facebook, Google Plus, and Instagram and grow with us. Equio, New Frontier's cutting-edge big data platform, puts the information and answers you need right at your fingertips in real time. 
to help you more effectively run your cannabis business. Go to www.equio.io to sign up for your free membership today. Again, that's www.equio.io. Run with New Frontier and let us help you conquer the wild. We're back to Hemp Presents, only on Cannabis Radio. Now, back to our headstrong emperor of hemp, Vivian McPeak. And we're back on Hemp Present on Cannabis Radio with Bruce Barcott. Bruce, in your book, Weed the People, it, it's kind of a... It's kind of a Rick Steves travel book into the world of cannabis for those who may have had a little or no exposure to that world. Mm-hmm. What do you think a few of the biggest misnomers are about pot out there? Is there anything where you looked at and you thought, God, the stereotypes are just plain wrong, maybe even, I don't know, maybe even offensive? Are they all yeah, accurate? I think that, no, no they're, they're not all accurate. I think that one of the um, biggest stereotypes that is beginning to turn around is essentially this, the, the message that anybody who uses cannabis, who's a consumer in any way is essentially a lazy, a lazy stoner or is a, 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 uh, a lazy loser, you know, that, that you waste away the day and um, your life is going to, you know, fall into a downward, downward spiral an inevitable spiral. Um, and, and this isn't so much the, the gateway theory, which I think is, has been, if not debunked, I think a lot of people are, are, you know, rightly skeptical of it these days. But this was, you know, when Colorado and Washington passed legalization back in 2012, there were a lot of sort of skeptical jokes among people in the literary, not literary circles. Wait, wait, circles. wait, you mean uh, a, a yep. double entendre or a joke about cannabis? Yeah. Has that ever been done? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. About how basically this, now we now we weren't going to be able America wasn't going to be able to compete with China or we're all going to become fat and lazy now and it's like all right, all right, come on now really um, I, I think that one of the reasons that that has sort of taken root in our culture is that that is the only way in which cannabis has been presented for decades um, I mean it, it's I love Cheech and Chong. I love their comedy and we ran this great piece on up in smoke and what it's place in the culture. The problem is that that was the only way that it was presented for decades was yeah, in, in Barry that McCaffrey, sort of Barry, Barry McCaffrey right? got a lot of, a lot of mileage with Cheech and Chong medicine as his characterization of medical. Right, marijuana. right, exactly. And like this, and this is, it's funny because this is something we try to, um, respect and treat seriously at leafly where it's like, look, there is a funny side, a fun, funny side to cannabis. This, this is a substance that helps you laugh and enjoy life. And, and, you know, God bless Tommy Chong did time in federal jail for selling a bomb, right? Was stuck his neck out there when, you know, people like myself and others were not. Uh, the problem, problem is that, that, we've never been presented or we were not presented with pictures of people who are consuming cannabis in a normal way as part of their normal life, as part of a successful life or as what mainstream culture considers a successful life. Right. I I would even go as far as to say that it has been not uh, acceptable or not uh, uh, fashionable to even defend the cannabis culture in popular media. 
I mean, yeah. how many times yeah. if and, you, and you watch something like Crossfire, and if they want to, if they want to uh, give the indication that somebody's got the most stupid, asinine, childish idea, they go, "Well, I don't know what he's been smoking, but." Right, right, right. And even I mean, we encounter this a, a, a lot where we are, you know, you you see this a lot yourself. We're, we're constantly still dealing with headlines that joke about or demean is it a smoke screen some way har har yeah the giggle giggle factor has been there for the longest time and it's starting to go away they're not laughing bruce like they were 10 years ago but they're they're like we just had a you know story about the formation of the cannabis caucus in congress right about maybe a month or so ago and they have a joint session ha 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 exactly (laughs) Right, AP AP ran a story that where where the headline and the lead were just fairly ridiculous, and this was you know a serious moment. It's marginalization and the relegation that's been going on for decades. Yeah, 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 and I think that that as um, as time passes, as Washington, Colorado, Oregon, Alaska don't implode. Um, and, and, and especially now as California is ramping up to, uh, to get its retail system online, um, those sorts of assumptions and jokes will go away. I think that they will especially go away when Massachusetts gets its retail operation up and running. Because it's one thing to say, oh, those Colorado stoners, oh, those people out on the West Coast, they're a bunch of flakes, right? That's but when anomaly. it's actually in Boston – then, you know, all the folks on the East Coast now all of a sudden kind of have to take it seriously. And then they'll have some Boston baked beans, man. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Um, well, you know, how do we, how are we going to know? Is there a metric? How will we know when we're there? I mean, the legal, legitimate retail cannabis industry is just, it's booming by all standards, which is remarkable because cannabis is still federally illegal, yet we have a billion-dollar legal industry going on. How are we going to know that we've made it, that we're there? I mean, how do we, how I don't, do we identify yeah, I, that, I don't that moment is, yeah, when it's not yeah, a, when there's just nothing there's to identify? Be, <laughs> I don't know that there's going to be a one one single moment. I mean, honestly, it, the, the one moment that, that we could look to as a, as a real benchmark would be the moment when some sort of uh, federal, not necessarily legalization, but decriminalization or something like that actually passes. I don't see some you know, enormous bombshell bill making its way through Congress. I think my theory is that I think we're going to see federal regulation of cannabis slowly go away layer by layer. You know, I think maybe banking goes, banking, a banking bill goes first, maybe, you know, some IRS reform. Um, And then I think inevitably, I think that the federal government will just sort of melt away in terms of its handling of cannabis and, but it won't say we're going to legalize. They'll say essentially, you know what? We're going to let states handle it however they want. Um, and I think that if a state doesn't proactively legalize, then it is consi- going to be considered federally illegal. But if the state proactively legalizes, then it will be legal in that state, and the feds will not do anything do anything to interfere. That's my theory, at least. You wrote marijuana's mystery is a fleeting quality. Is it going to be a generational thing? Is it really when, when 
when the next generation or the one after that grows up and just marijuana is something that you go down the store and you buy if you want some like you go buy a beer or some milk i mean are we are oh, yeah. we approaching that absolutely yeah i see it in i see it every day i, I come to work here at leafly and and um you know i'm kind of the old man around the office i'm i'm uh, i grew up in the 70s and 80s and most of my coworkers grew up you know in the 90s and 2000s and for them first of all medical cannabis has been around for almost forever in their lives uh, in terms of just existing around them. Uh, and then, you know, legalization, state legalization, adult use legalization has been here um, for yeah, if you're, what, if you're 15 years three, old, five years. If you're 15 years old in Seattle, you don't remember a time when there weren't just pot shops on the side right. of the wall, on right. the road. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and they're there and they're just sort of part of the landscape. You know, it's not like they were, uh, shocking, I think, in any way, in the same way that, you know, I grew up in the era of just saying no and dare. And it was sort of startling when to see them. And then, um, you know, when I, my first trip to a dispensary, it was, oh, my God, I was I sweat through my shirt. You know, <laughs> it went a bit crazy. It was really funny. Sounds like my first trip to Amsterdam. Um, yeah. <laughs> We are uh, talking to Bruce Barcott, author of Weed the People, the Future of Legal Marijuana in America, among other uh, things, and many, many Leafly articles. Uh, we're going to take our last break here, word from our sponsors and advertisers, come back with our final questions for Bruce Barcott. Time to roll out for the people that let us hemp present. Hang loose. We're coming right back. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now About a game for your phone gonna make you say wow The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash Little by little your empire grows large Put the big celebrities inside your entourage You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Cheech and Chong Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong The name of the game is Hemping, that's the point Download and play while you light yourself a joint Business and cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot proved by the man who run high times. Oh yeah, get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. Are you disturbed by the prescription medication commercials on television and their endless list of side effects? They go on and on and you end up having to take multiple pills to counteract the problems caused by the first pill. It never ends. Have you looked into CBD as a more natural option? At Saturn Ranch, we produce all-natural CBD topicals and THC-infused edibles. Premium lab-tested hemp-derived CBD is the most important ingredient in our products. From topical bombs, salt scrubs, bath-soaking salts to tinctures and edibles, you're sure to find something to help. Family-owned and operated, we at Saturn Ranch believe in and use our products daily. Don't put anything on your body that you wouldn't put in your body. SaturnRanch.com The next generation of vaporizers has arrived. Vuber Vaporizers are blazing the way with unparalleled technology for oil, concentrate, or dry flower pens. Providing unsurpassed customer service and expert craftsmanship, Vuber Vaporizers use cutting-edge technology, providing a power-packed, smoother vapor with a lifetime guarantee. Experience vaporizing the way it was meant to be, the Vuber way. We're back to Hemp Present, only on Cannabis Radio. Now, back to our headstrong emperor of hemp, Vivian McPeak. And we're back for our final questions for Bruce Barcott from Leafly. 
and the author of Weed the People. Bruce, there's a Leafly article titled, What's the Best Potato Chip and Strain Flavor Pairing? We held a tournament to find out, where the reader is asked to enter the Leafly Potato Chip and Strain Flavor Pairing Tournament. Bruce, are we like just making stuff up to generate clicks, or does such a thing exist as which chip goes best with which strain? Are we They're, reaching they, a bit, I, or does it, really, does it really uh, slice that thin? <laughs> we're trying to, you know, what we're 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 trying to kind of uh, play with the idea of the um, NCAA tournament, you know, and bracketology and the Sweet Sixteen <laughs> and all that. And so last year we did a uh, sort of bracketology challenge with different infused brownie recipes, and uh, I think if I remember correctly, the winner was a recipe from uh, Ricardo Baca, the cannabis, back at the Denver Post. He, I think he took, sort of took his mom's brownie recipe and, and infused it, and that was, our, that was our judges' winners. So we thought we'd do the same thing with, uh, with potato chips uh, this year. I'm looking at one of, my, one of our, our, uh, our judges, Jeremiah, here. He was uh, quite adamant that uh, I think it was, it was a, dill, uh, a dill-flavored chip that won this year, if I'm not mistaken. You've been making a different kind of a dope deal. Oh, that yeah, bad. yeah. That but that's bad. one of the that's one of the things that we can do at Leafly is that we don't just we we don't just have to like talk about cannabis as if it's something that we have never touched or know nothing about. Like we can actually write about these things as we experience, you know, consuming in different forms with different strains and this sort of thing, and talk about it with readers in a in a way that that reflects their own experience rather than just saying, well, I don't know. Speaking, of, speaking of that, Bruce, speaking of that, how can people find mm-hmm. out more? How can people read some of these great Leafly articles? Uh, go to leafly.com and click on news and news and culture, um, or just Google Leafly and news, and they will go right to, uh, right to our website. We've got about eight to 10 new articles up every day. Everything from what Jeff Sessions is up to, to potato chip strain pairings. Goodbye, Mr. Chips. Bruce Barcott, thank you so much for being on Hemp Present on Cannabis Radio. It was great talking to you, my brother. Thank you, Vivian. It's great to be here. Now I'm going to get to a weekly feature of Hemp Present on CannabisRadio.com. That's the quote of the week, and here it is, and I quote, They lie about marijuana. Tell you pot smoking makes you unmotivated. Lie! When you're high, you can do everything you normally do just as well. You just realize it's not worth the fucking effort. There is a difference. That's the iconic late comedian Bill Hicks. That concludes this installment of Hempersen on Cannabis Radio. I want to thank Brasco, my man at the control room, and all the Cannabis Radio sponsors and advertisers. Join me next week for some more reefer repartee and cannabis confabulation with some special hempo sapien on a journey to justice because when it comes to prohibition, you've got the right not to remain silent. Activism requires a voice, so find yours and speak up for justice because resistance is fertile. Until then, my friends, stay strong. Strong, stay on tall and toke it easy. Don't forget to email me at hempresent at gmail.com. The Hempresent theme song, Take Back the Plants, performed by Stickerbush, sung by a much younger version of myself. Turn up the music, maestro, because I'm out.
The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.